welcome. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're a team of five badass women who will be your sommeliers to the marketing world. We work and whiteboard together at our nine to five every day in B2B marketing. We're a small, scrappy team that's picked up a few secret hacks along the way, and we want to share our crazy ideas with you. Let's call it an anything but ordinary guide to marketing and design. From Chardonnay to Rosé, we've got your marketing sips and design tips. Now that's worth raising a glass to. So grab your favorite vino and join us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. Today, we are going to dive into something that we like to call offsites. So you want to go somewhere else to have to get into a new mindset and dive into some new things. So that's what offsites are for. It's really to just take out of the office to a new location to inspire your creativity. It also helps you lift some barriers that can sometimes stifle people from contributing and helping the team and themselves reach their fullest potential. So the way that we leverage offsites is that we host a marketing offsite once every quarter to help us identify how we can do our part to help meet company goals. And these goals, or rocks as we refer to them, you will hear us kind of probably use both terms throughout this episode. So just know that when we say rocks or goals, they're pretty much the same thing. So these rocks could be anything from increasing sales demos or launching a new website or any specific project or initiative that needs our attention. So we've really been hosting these offsites for, I would say maybe, what would you guys say, like the past three years or so? And we know that they work, so we want to help you run one of your own with your team. So today we're gonna dive into the prep work that you need to do beforehand. We're also gonna walk through the framework of the day of the offsite and what it takes to run an effective offsite because sometimes you can get a little distracted and not all offsites are created equal. Then what do you have to do after the meeting as follow-up to make sure that everything continues forward into the quarter and that you start taking action. Like usual, we will first share today what we are each drinking because clearly this is called wine and whiteboards and we can't forget the wine. Today I am drinking a nice red and it's from Chateau Fontaine up in Traverse City, Michigan. It's my first time having it. It's actually pretty good. It's a very drinkable wine. I think I can drink the whole bottle. Hey, it's Katie, um, the pregnant one, still going strong with my free alcohol removed wine. And today I'm going with a spritzer and that's the sparkling rosé. It is quite delicious. I would highly recommend. And I'd also like to give a shout out to Free for uh, keeping me going on these first six episodes. Thanks. Well, and I was going to say, Katie, I feel like the last episode when you said Free, I was thinking like, not having to pay for like I was very confused I didn't realize it was a brand oh. so it's actually a brand yes free is the brand and it is all alcohol removed wine it's f-r-e I was gonna mention that too because I noticed it when I was li- listening to the recording I was like oh maybe you should clarify but honestly if you don't know then you just don't need to know <laughs> I didn't know they existed before I was pregnant I was a little skeptical to try but Honestly, I've been pretty, pretty impressed. I'm such a wino. I think I would just need the placebo effect of this. Right. Like since there's no alcohol, we just assume it should be free because why else would you be drinking it? <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so I'm actually doing the same thing as Charlotte. I'm drinking a Michigan wine. So it is the Chateau Chantal and it is the late harvest Riesling. And I think it's kind of funny. I was in Traverse City with my family uh, last year around this time and they did not really like a lot of wines. They're not big winos, but the one wine I was able to get them in love with was the late harvest Rieslings. So every time we went to the different places, maybe like 10, they would get the exact same drink just from a different winery. So <laughs> I'm definitely kind of channeling that Minnesota family right now. I have a correction. Um, I am drinking <laughs> Chateau Chantal, not Chateau Fontaine. So let me clarify that. I misspoke. It is the Chateau Chantal nice red. There I go. was totally going to correct you on that, Charlotte. <laughs> like I was Googling it over here and I was like, I think that's wrong. They don't have that wine, but I couldn't figure, remember who it was. So I didn't want him to speak. But yeah, anyways. it was wrong. <laughs> Representing the Chateau Chantal this episode, right? I wanted to have a Michigan wine, but I drank all of mine. So today I have one from Kroger. It's the Stella Rosa peach and it looks like water and tastes like summer. So it's basically like the best hot summer day beverage. And it comes in a million flavors. There's like mango, pineapple, it's kind of like juice basically, but I enjoy it. So cheers up to Stella Rosa. They also come through my Pandora ads all the time. So that's probably where I got this from. I've had that one before. It's actually super delicious. I think the um, alcohol content is pretty low. So for someone that is very openly a wine lightweight, I can usually only have like two glasses. I think I can actually drink an entire bottle of that and feel alive the next day. I was just saying, I don't know what the percentage is, but truth be told, this is my second glass because I felt like the first one didn't count or seem it like went down so smooth. So I don't know if that's a good reason to drink it or to not drink it. I am breaking from the group and our namesake, and I am actually just having a beer today because I feel like once it gets to a certain degrees outside, that I just need something to quench my thirst. And I'm drinking a summer shandy because I feel like that's just the perfect beer for, for summer. I think we have okay. to kick her out of the group, guys. No, I was oh. gonna ask if we could have a cocktail because I've got lots of stuff for making a cocktail. And the more I drink now, the less I have to move to the new house. So I was planning on cleaning up the bar, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know if it was gonna be shunned. So I didn't do it today. Well, I think it will depend on what we're going to bring up next, and that is that I think we want to try to have a little bit of a drinking game during this episode. So I would maybe stick with your juice wine for now based on the themes of this drinking game, because if you move over to your cocktail, you might not make it to the end of the episode. Yeah, did you strategically pick a low alcohol wine so that you can outlast everyone else? That's right. Well, maybe not because she's literally asking if she can drink cocktails. She's like, hey, just give me the gin and tequila. Like, it's fine. I think we're all going to be going to bed early tonight from this uh, this game. So we've had the chance now. So we've done, this is our sixth episode. So we've done five episodes so far. And we've noticed that there's a handful of phrases that we say quite often and we're all about bettering ourselves and bettering each other. So we decided to play a little game today. So every time we say phrases like, let me add to that, 
to build on that, add some color first off. Um, or when Paige brings out her Minnesota accent, we're going to um, not punish ourselves, but try to get ourselves to correct those and not say them so much by having to take a little swig. So feel free to join us when you're listening if you want to. I was going to say, and if there's a favorite phrase of ours that you hear, please drop it in the comments below so that we can pay attention to it and we can have some more fun in the future episodes. So maybe we should dive in to what offsites look like and what you need to do before the meeting to prep and make sure that everybody is ready to go and you can have the most successful meeting that you can possibly have. Take time, therefore you're dedicating time and resources to this meeting. So you want it to be productive and you really want it to be worth everybody's time. So first off, you really want to schedule and something that works for everybody because having everybody on your team in attendance is important and that they also not only need to be there, but they also need to be participating. Then the next important piece after that is actually moving out of the office. It's so important to take it out of where you work every single day and go somewhere different. Um, Charlotte had mentioned in the intro that there's just something about being out of the office that inspires more creativity and people tend to speak more freely when you're out of the office. I don't know if it's that like roles tend to play like less of like um, a prominent like feature or something like that or people are just more comfortable outside the office but you'll definitely notice engagement will be different um, if you actually go somewhere off-site. Like we typically go to a coffee shop that's nearby. And the benefits of the coffee shop we were just talking about before is you can get little snacks and drinks throughout the day, which we've done virtual event or virtual off-sites um, during this time to kind of fill that void. And it's just not quite the same having to cook your own lunch. We do go out and do some sort of team activity or dinner or drinks or something after the off-site as kind of a team bonding thing. So we do miss out on that as well a little bit when you're doing virtual. It's just not quite the same. But in terms of the space, you can really rent out anything or go to a bar or a restaurant or anything. It really doesn't matter. Whatever floats your boat and whatever you can find where you have a screen that people can look at or just a space that you can have that's kind of quiet and collaborative. I was going to say, I mean, obviously a bar and whatnot works, but it's important to have like a whiteboard or something to collaborate on um, or with is one of drink. the other key factors. I was going to say, we have to make sure to say drink so people. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a good thing I like my drink. This isn't actually a punishment, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, I think we prefer to have whiteboards, um, but we've also got and made do with um, what are those, those giant sticky notepads, right, guys? So, like, you can kind of make the space your own and make it mobile. Um, so, we've we've done it at many, many different places, and it can work for you. But before you actually get there, you might want to make some presentation, or it's just, like, two to four slides. It kind of reviews what you did the last, like, 30 to 90 days. And it reviews like your rocks, which we'll kind of get into, and maybe some things that went well, things that didn't go well, maybe bring some data to kind of back up your, your ideas. 
Um, so we'll kind of dive into that later with the framework too. So maybe to just elaborate on what Paige was saying a little bit, that is not a phrase, guys, that is different. <laughs> I can use that. <laughs> but to like kind of clarify is when you start doing offsites, when you go into your next quarter's offsite, you're going to have rocks or goals that you had set during the previous quarter that you will be reporting on in the offsite. So you'll need to kind of gather that information and data like Paige was saying, but if you're hosting your first offsite, you won't have any of that. So you'll probably wanna just come with some ideas and whoever is leading the meeting will need to come with the agenda set so that everybody, once you get there, knows what to expect and what to do. And one of the important things about creating your slide deck or your short presentation is, or one of the things I was going to say is that Paige creates us a template that we use for our slide deck. And that really helps make it really quick and easy to plug in your data and your rocks and any of the things you've come up with. Um, it's kind of hard to start from scratch sometimes. So if you can have a template or something to work off of, that'll help get you started and at least some of the ideas flowing. Plus page crit critiques your PowerPoint if you don't make it visually appealing. I'd like to say I don't, but secretly I do. Uh, <laughs> and I was actually going to chime in and say that maybe don't spend a ton of time on the design part of it, but try and focus on actually the content that's on there because that's what the important thing is. So if it's really just text on a slide, I'll let it slide and <laughs> get the pun, sorry. But um, just try and make sure that it's valuable. Uh, and if you can have a template, that's actually awesome. We sometimes add memes and gifts just to kind of, you know, lighten the mood and make it funny because the content is, you know, some of us have heard it every week. So uh, we definitely like to add those little games in there. I add memes and gifts all the time so that you're not focusing on the other slide to judge me on that. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think Paige tries to win slides, which to be fair, she's the designer of the group. Drink. So. <laughs> I would be very bad at this game. Is it bad? I mean, I have to win. That's kind of my job, right? I know, I know. But yours are always entertaining. Like, she always does build, so each GIF comes on separately, and then it's like a funny representation of whatever the content is. So at least make your offsites fun and entertaining, and that'll help it fly by. Yeah, the last one that we did, I think I did, like, a, the progress throughout it. So it was the meme matched my mood of my project as it went on. So it was like banging my head against the wall for some of it. So you can kind of get creative and show that personality too. For sure. I, do, I was gonna say, I do feel like it's become a little bit of a competition between Paige and Katie in terms of like the memes and the gifts. Like I feel like Katie's upped her like meme game in our offsites recently in the past couple of quarters. So that's has not to intentional, but I do appreciate you notice noticing my effort. You're very welcome, Katie. I noticed your meme game. <laughs> to recap on your prep work. So the first thing we need to do or you need to do if you're going to schedule an offsite is schedule a time when everyone on the team can attend. Each individual creates a short presentation on their rocks or goals that they had in the last quarter. 
And then the last part is write down any questions that you need help with. You shouldn't come to the meeting like having all of your problems solved. If you do, that's awesome. But if you're a goal, if you're not meeting your goal or you're not where you want to be, have questions for your team and ask your team for help. That's exactly what these meetings are for. This is for your team to come together to collaborate. So don't, don't worry if you're not where you need to be. That's the entire purpose of bringing everyone together to help you or help each other. And in case it wasn't clear before, when you schedule this meeting, it really does take a whole day. Like you are going to be out of the office an entire day. It's not something that you're, you're doing for the first couple hours or ending your day with, like it's an all day event. So make sure that you're prepared for that as well because you will lose that day during the week. I don't wanna say lose, that's a negative term, but you will not be able to do your normal workday routine during an offsite. I think ours normally goes from about 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sometimes we've done a little more. What am I saying? I think. I don't know what the word is anymore. I like how when I said then we drink, I feel like everybody grabbed their drink and like, that makes me happy. I think one of the other things. I don't know. I can't talk now. Sorry. Game's really throwing me off my game. Uh, one of the things I would recommend is spending some time either reading Crucial Conversations or Dare to Lead or just even a snippet of it beforehand or taking some time to review a TED Talk video about giving and receiving feedback and building trust. I think those are important parts that have helped our offsite flow better. And as we've gone through them multiple times. I think I think Charlotte said we've probably been doing these for the last three, four years at this point. So we've built a lot of trust, but we've also added new team members along the way. And at a certain point, it is uncomfortable to give and receive feedback, especially with people you don't know very well. So that's just one more like little homework assignment I would recommend. Um, and then depending on your team's personalities, like things can get awkward and intense. So See episode four if you haven't um, learned anything about your team's personalities. And um, it's just really important to trust your team members and remember that any advice they give you is to help you be better. So as long as you come from a place in your heart that knows that you want to be better and that your team wants you to be better, then everything will go well. Sarah, you actually reminded me as you were talking about tensions between people during offsites, like we are all friends and we all get along and but i don't think there's been an offsite well i don't think katie and kelly have been part of an offsite where like tears have been had like it is a real thing and it will happen so i think it's really important to set some rules of engagement for your meeting so when you're building out your agenda really covering the the rules of engagement or guidelines that you want people to follow just an example of a couple things that we included of engagement it are uh, be vulnerable and open and create an environment where others can be uh, challenge ideas not people you want to make sure that if you are challenging ideas because you will disagree on things throughout these meetings and conversations make sure you're challenging the the uh, the idea and the concept not the individual um, be willing to call time out if things start to get out of hand or a conversation goes on a tangent or gets off track and isn't relevant anymore you need to be able to say, okay, time out, guys. We need to kind of reconvene and step back and really think about what we're trying to accomplish here. 
also being pro is really important. Make sure that your computers or laptops are closed unless you're taking notes. Kudos is always our note taker and she's fabulous at it. Um, and if you have to take an important phone call, that can be okay, but definitely try not to take phone calls or have other distractions and dedicate your time to the team during this meeting. And at the end of the day, if you have something to share, like speak up, share it, because everybody's voice needs to be heard in these meetings. And that's what's going to help you become a stronger team by making sure that everybody's voice carries weight and is heard. I think it's funny that we we essentially created these rules of engagement because we had a few offsites where we had a fair amount of us crying. And so we kind of built these as like almost like what Sarah was saying is like a respect factor of like, okay, I don't want to challenge your ideas individually because that's just going to block you up and it's not going to make you want to be open and, you know, having that sharing moment that we're trying to do. So we built these and they've really helped us. So if you kind of stick to them, you'll really have a better offsite and it'll be more effective in the end. I think it's also important when Charlotte was talking about like no emails and things to distract you, like close your computer, unless you're the note taker, have your computer closed and put on your out of office message. Like this is an important enough thing that you've dedicated a day to it and potentially your company is paying for your food and they're paying for the rental space and things like that. So there is money involved. Um, so I guess make sure you're taking it seriously and let people know that you'll get back to them tomorrow because it is a full day activity. Uh, I was going to say there are a few roles that you might want to assign before or at the offsite. Uh, so usually we have our team leader, which is Charlotte, who runs the meeting. She doesn't really necessarily have everything built out, you know, as we go, but she kind of like brings it into. What you're trying to say, Paige, is that I like the agenda. I make sure everybody like before the meeting, I'm the one that emails out and kind of make sure that everybody has their slides updated and has like prepped and done everything like that. And I kind of kick it off. And then once we kick off, we kind of just run freely. I'm the note taker. Um, so I definitely recommend writing everything down because you kind of have a lot of ideas during the day. So you might want to be able to review that later on or the rest of your team to be able to review it. You also said I was going to say, so you uh, have to drink. You got me. <laughs> Kelly's like our little like policeman here like she is on it i can tell she likes drinking games at this point i think i have to actually refill mine can we I take a too. small I'm break it's also my years of editing things that i can easily catch them when i know what we're looking for oh that's so true so matt and i are having a competition to see who can lose the most weight before the homestead that's crazy. It's like a budget to go buy some new clothes. But Can I'm we really talk excited. about this in our podcast? Are we allowed to say that Charlotte is a very competitive person? As yeah, a couple, they have couple competitive goals. They and it's, goals. it's to win budget to buy like clothes. Oh, like, I just go shopping. Money, like, so. Wait, does the person who lose, they don't get new clothes at all? Well, they they do, <laughs> but it's like set aside budget. Like, I mean, I go buy whatever I want anyways. So like basically I was like, it's fine. But it's like a good little motivation. That motivation is nothing for me. I just buy things when I want to. See, I don't buy a lot. Like, I, I don't do a ton of shopping. And it's usually because I'm very, very frugal. So, like, if I know that $120, like, allocated for me to go buy stuff, I'm like, ooh. And granted, I don't think $120 gets me a ton. But it's still like, ooh, like, I'm going to go get something. Well, Matt bought these almonds to sabotage me. 
and it's working and I'm eating them. <laughs> like Ooh. they are um the salt and vinegar flavored almonds. They're like those are so good. They're so good. So you play good. dirty. Like, like, oh, yeah. Dirty. You play super dirty. But we're talking almonds. Like, how much weight can you get with almonds? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, like, like avocados. If you, eat the whole bag, if you eat the whole bag of almonds, it's like thousands of calories. Because, like, a little oh, serving yeah. is like a couple hundred calories. Because it's, it's not like an almond. It's not a That's where it's coming from, too. Because when I did that, what'd you say? Sorry. Like the flavoring that you're, it's added onto the almonds. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. what it is. The salt, too. Mm-hmm. Like so when good. I did that crazy diet thing, you had to count your almonds and you were only allowed an ounce, which is like 12 almonds. And it, 12 almonds is like, like, <laughs> like nothing. I weigh my almonds. I weigh all my food. Like I have two food scales in my <laughs> did kitchen. Did you eat the whole container today, Katie? <laughs> I'm over here like nobbing on my Costco size I don't even know how many I eat out of this when I put it in front of me, but I should start portioning them out. When I snack, I snack. We went to Irma's last night, and I had some delicious ice cream. Paige snacks hard. Yeah, I go, I go, uh, what's it called? (laughs) My favorite is when the person at Culver's recognized you, and they were like, weren't you just here yesterday? Oh, I was so shamed. I was like, I'm not coming back for at least two months. <laughs> that happened at Smoothie King. Matt and I were going to Smoothie King, like, when I had my dental stuff done, like, a couple weeks ago. We went to Smoothie King probably, like, six days in a row. And, like, I'm pretty sure the people working were like, uh, you guys have been here, like, every day for the past week. I it's feel like smoothies are healthy, though, and Paige was, like, shamed because it was, like, custard. I yeah, feel like, like Charlotte you should versus like made mustard. A... I don't know. It's like a thousand dollar difference or a thousand calorie difference. Some smoothies can have a lot of calories, actually. Yeah. Like, but um, Charlie, I feel like you should have shamed them though and made up like talked really loudly about like how you just had your stomach removed and this is the only <laughs> thing you can have <laughs> that won't go straight to your bowels, and then they would have never shamed you that again. That would have been a fun conversation. Teach them people a lesson. I don't have a stomach anymore. This is all I can <laughs> It eat. just runs right through me. <laughs> so with that, should we dive back in? So now that Paige officially has a refill on her beverage, and I believe must do as well, um, let's dive into our agenda of an offsite and actually walk through what that what the day looks like. So we typically start our day with some professional development. We believe that investing in ourselves and taking the time to help each other get better is really important. So that's a key area of the agenda that we focus on. Secondly, we go through a rock debrief of the previous quarter, meaning that each of us shares what our past rocks were from the last quarter and what worked, what were the highlights, what were some lowlights, and what is the status of that rock, for example, Uh, Did you complete it? Is it green? Is it red? Do we need to roll it over into the next quarter because you need more time to get it done? Um, And what does that look like? And then next we review the quarter as a whole, as a team. We say, okay, throughout this entire quarter, outside of just our rocks and goals, what worked and what didn't? And we really take some time to reflect on how we worked with other teams. How did our projects go? What are some things that maybe we should have done differently? And we spend some time really reflecting on what our work looked like. 
And then last but not least, the most important part is setting your rocks coming quarter. What are the most important things that you have to get done in the next 90 days? So the first thing that we work on after we, you know, get in, we get our coffees, all of us are get settled in, is we dive into our professional development. Now, being the newest member of the team, I was a little bit nervous for this part for my first offsite because I had heard that there had been tears in the past. So I really wasn't sure what I was going to expect coming into it. But I will say that I have really enjoyed these parts of this professional development because it kind of just brings things out in you that you're not even aware of or feedback from team members that you weren't even aware that they you know, thought or had were thinking about you. So it actually does make you feel really good. And there have been no tears since I have been a part of this. So I'm hoping that we can continue that streak on. Let's be like, I want to be really honest that there haven't been tears every single meeting. Like it's not like a regular occurrence. And sometimes it's just hard to digest feedback or hear certain things. And you also never know what's going on in people's lives outside of work that can also influence or make people sensitive. So I think it's just important to call out that there's not tears all the time. I will admit to being one of the criers of the group, unfortunately, but I do remember the first offsite where I didn't cry and I was like, oh, that wasn't so painful. And to be fair, it does depend on like people's personalities and who you have in that room and how they deliver the feedback because you can, or also the comfortability of someone receiving that feedback. Like if you haven't received a ton of feedback, then like some of the first times of receiving it can be hard and challenging, right? Um, and so I think it's just getting yourself in that right mindset and to be able to receive it better and actually hear what someone's saying objectively and then figure out how you can apply and use it. And I think in one of our last episodes, we shared a bit more about my background in school of like, we had to critique everyone's artwork and go around the room and say what we liked and didn't like. So I'm very used to um, getting some feedback in person and hearing it. So it's definitely something you'll get used to, but try and be as open as you can. Um, it's essentially just a day for learning and reflection and you're only going to get better. So we definitely try and push your boundaries and just kind of go with the flow. So realistically, we probably spend about 60 to 90 minutes on professional development at our offsites. And we try to switch it up every time, as is the person that's usually putting the professional development exercises together. I feel like I'm starting to run out of ideas. So if people have ideas, definitely drop them in the comments. But some of the things that we've done before are an exercise, what are your superpowers? So essentially it's saying, what is your strength or superpower? And then where are your opportunities to grow? and you provide that feedback for each individual on your team. So it can take a while. The bigger the team you have, the more time that that is going to take. And you spend time during the meeting individually documenting. So for example, if I was providing feedback to everybody and saying what everybody's superpower was, I would have to jot down, what do I think Paige's superpower is? And then where does Paige have opportunities to grow? And then I would do that for each person. And then we share that feedback openly as a group. Um, that's actually a really good one to start with. If you're new to the whole offsite thing and new to the whole professional development um, exercise, sometimes this one can kind of lighten the feedback because of the way you phrase it, kind of phrasing it as a superpower or just the terminology can kind of um, some of the feedback. 
if that makes sense. My favorite one actually is the start, stop, continue. So I really like that one because it's very like straightforward. It's like, what are something that you can start doing tomorrow, something you can stop, and then something you, that you continue, sorry, continue doing. So I like that one because I'm very task oriented. So when I hear like, oh, I can stop doing something that's taking me three hours a week, I'm going to be like, hell yeah, I'm going to stop doing that. So it's nice to hear that validation from the rest of the team to say like, hey, Paige, you can actually start maybe pulling this data analytics so that we can have a better understanding of our blog digest. So there's some things like that everyone can kind of contribute to. And I, I like this one the most personally. You can get your inspiration from anywhere as well. So one of them that I think I sent to Charlotte was the focal filler and flare. And I got this idea from like a local Michigander who did a TEDx talk in Detroit. She talked about what was, which is like your natural skills, the talents that you're born with. And so you had to write down what each person's focal was and what each person's focal was. And then you went on about your filler, which is called like your, which is your life experiences, your friendships, your relationships, the things that have shaped and influenced you to be who you are. And then you talked about your flair, which is that thing that people mention when they speak highly of you and you aren't in the room. So it's like your little extra zhuzh and like, ooh, she sparkles when this happens or whatever. Um, so your inspiration can really come from anywhere on this and you can kind of make it your own. I think, Charlotte, you can share the one we just did. Kelly's going to share it. Yeah, I was going to say that. There we go. That was me. I have to drink for that one. <laughs> I really enjoyed the one that we just did where it was what will you be remembered by and then how can you make sure that that is going to take place so that was what your action items were that what you could work on so people would remember you for those things at first when the first person went I do I feel like it came out kind of dark almost like we were reading like a eulogy for that person <laughs> but it got better then it wasn't so dark and we started to really listen to it I think what was nice about it is that it highlighted things that we were doing and as everybody was reading their feedback for each other we realized we all were already doing those things and I believe that everybody already feels that way about us at our company that we are doing those things and then the only thing that we really needed to work on was actually just bragging and I think that's kind of like a typical woman's MO that you just kind of do your thing what you need to do um, without actually bragging so I think that was something that we needed to all work on. I just wanted to give a little shout out to RJ. He's one of our sales consultants that we work with, and he actually inspired this uh, professional development idea. Um, Charlotte and I have weekly calls with him, and he always asks us a like important or insightful question or just trivia, and he's been hitting us with some hard hitters the last couple of weeks, yes, and so has. this is one of those that we took from him and kind of made our own. Except he did actually take it down kind of the dark turn that Kelly's mentioning. He did approach it from like the, how do you want people to remember you when you die? Like, so it definitely went down like a, maybe a more like uh, insightful or dark thought provoking tunnel. Whereas this was like, if you were to leave the organization or the company, how do you want to be remembered? Um, and like Kelly said, I think it was good affirmation for us that a lot of us are doing the right things. And then what are the things that we can all continue to do to make progress towards that? So that one day when we go on into other areas of our lives, how do we how do we make sure that people remember us in the way that we want to be remembered? So 
We, um, we do actually have a list of different activities and exercises that we've done. So we can share those out. That way you have some ideas to start with if you're looking to host your first offsite. I yeah, actually don't I, know if we've walked through how our exercises work quite yet. Uh, essentially, Charlotte will kind of propose what the exercise is for the offsite. She'll have it up on the screen so that we can kind of refer to it uh, throughout the time. And we spend about, what, 10, 20 minutes max writing these things down for each of our team members. So, like, I'll write something down for Katie, Charlotte, Kelly, and Sarah. And then we'll spend that time doing that. We'll come back as a group and we'll spend maybe 10 minutes kind of sharing those throughout and everyone kind of writes down their own little notes and like key takeaways. And so essentially you'll spend like 30 to 60 minutes max on this and it's definitely worth the time and it's worth investment. I think it's longer. I think we end up spending probably realistically like 90 minutes on it. It does take a while, especially, and if you have more team members, the longer it's gonna take you. Um, but it's like Paige said, it's definitely worth the investment. And I think you should definitely do it and bake it into your agenda and start the day with it. It's kind of a good way to ease into the conversations with everything. And um, and at the end of the day, professional development is probably the most important thing that you can focus on, because at the end of the day, your goals are going to be there. You're going to be able to get your things done. But constantly becoming better and focusing on helping each other be better is going to ultimately help you accomplish those goals. I think that that's something our team is really into and important to us. So we spend a lot of time on it. Your team might not take it, take that long if this is your first time doing um, this type of feedback session, or it might take you longer than that if it's your first time, because you have to figure out how to get through it. It might be a little bit rough. I wanted to say that I thought the exercise we did last time, oh, well, I can't really drink anything, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You can start my tally for after the baby comes. Um, I thought that the last exercise that we did for how you want to be remembered might be a um, a lighter option if you haven't done feedback before. So I wanted to recommend that and the superpower one for sure. Um, our team has done a really good job establishing what we like to call psychological safety. And I think that's why we've gotten really good at these feedback sessions. We truly know that each one of us just wants to make each other better. And while sometimes feedback is hard to receive, even though you know someone is trying to make you better. I remember you sharing a story a couple episodes back, Katie, where you were explaining our offsites to friends and they were like, oh, I, I don't want to have someone tell me what's wrong with me or what I'm doing wrong. And like we're more open-minded with this type of stuff and so i really i really recommended coming with like an open heart like maybe sarah said i think earlier of like don't take it personally or try not to and just like keep an open mind make sure that it's there because people are trying to make you better and mm -hmm. um yeah i'll kick it back over to katie sorry maybe we should give an example like I feel like for the longest time, my feedback was to stop expecting perfection because I am admittingly a perfectionist. I'm a very scheduled person. I like things to be very orderly and life doesn't always go like that. Uh, so that was my that was my feedback for a really long time. And that's not like super harsh feedback or anything, but it was definitely something that got me thinking a lot. So just in case you if someone needed an example of like what kind of feedback we were talking about, that's something that I'm willing to share from um, from my experience. I was gonna say it's also important 
and drinking. <laughs> but now that we've done so many offsites, I don't think it's as necessary for us. But in the beginning, I did appreciate having someone send me the professional development exercise ahead of time. So if you are a newer team to this or that you're just starting out, it might be nice to share with the team what professional development activity you're doing, just so they can put a little thought into it ahead of time. Sometimes it's really hard on the spot to think of what I think Charlotte should be doing differently, but what she's doing really well. And sometimes it just takes a while to process. So occasionally it's helpful if you want to go ahead and share that ahead of time. Katie was saying that the legacy one could be easier for if you're new to this because it's kind of light lighter in tone for um, starting this process. I think it also would be good if you have a new team member that's joining because if they're brand new, what they, they want their legacy to be, or if you're just brand new to doing this in general, I think that's a good one to start with as well, what you want your legacy to be for everybody moving forward. I would also share that one that we did very, very, very early on. Sarah, you might remember this. Yeah, you're circling around that. that what did I? What did I say? Oh my god. I would also like. I think. <laughs> the words, I don't know. Part of me doesn't know what the words are anymore, so I'm just like. How am I supposed to transition? Um. But anyway, back in the day, early on when we first started our offsites, I feel like one that we did that was a little bit lighter as well was using your company's core values to provide feedback and saying, okay. Okay, for Sarah, for example, which core value does she represent really, really well and that and why? And what core value could she kind of improve on and why? And how can she help? How can you help her do that? Or what feedback can you provide to help her do that? That's kind of a lighter way to do it because you're creating some boundaries. And if you're not fully comfortable or fully have that psychological safety, it can be a really good a uh, guidepost, if you will, for feedback. So at the end of the day, essentially what we're doing is we're doing some team building at this offsite. So we're having that psychological safety, like we said, we do these exercises to give and receive feedback and kind of set the tone for the offsite. And we really do bond. Um, we often do like our lunches there. We go out for dinner and drinks after the offsite and just kind of like debrief and just kind of have like some fun time to have like a drink and some sushi. I know we like a, we have a couple spots we go to frequently and we've even done it where we've done a weekend getaway with significant others that it's been really fun. So we are, we're more, um, I guess, open as a team because of these offsites at the end of the day. So it probably makes sense for us to dive into the next part of the agenda, which is after you complete your professional development, you usually wanna take a 10 minute break or so and just let people kind of gather their thoughts or check their email if they have to, um, and you know, get have some self time. I don't know what to call that. And then <laughs> self time, is that a thing? I'm watching Sarah's I do like the fact that the place we go to now for our offsites has the signs where they don't have the men's and women's bathroom anymore. They have like the alien on there and it's like, whatever you are, I don't care. Just like clean up after yourself or whatever it was. Just wash your hands. Um, but anyway, the next part of the agenda is really the rock or gold debrief. So the idea where this is where each individual shares the slides that they put together focused on their rocks from the previous quarter. 
and giving an update to the group around what were their lessons learned as they were walked through these rocks and worked through them uh, what were the highlights of them working on this rock what went really well what what did they figure out that was effective and then what would they have done differently if they had to redo it um so that's kind of a that's a really big piece of it and that's usually where the memes and the gifts come in on the on the powerpoint slides and when we say rock that's what guys 30 to six 30 to 90 days is when it's supposed to be accomplished by okay and then yeah we kind of report on i think charlotte said it earlier the red yellow green so it's like the stoplight indicators and if it's red it's not done you know it might not get done at the, this quarter the yellow is that there's some things done um might need to be working on some other things and green is that it's accomplished so it's pretty simple once you kind of have those established i guess well and i think it's important for like if something is red usually and making sure you come with a reason why it's red and what your obstacles were and what your challenges were so that you can walk through those with the group and in addition to that, it is okay to say that we started this goal or this rock with a specific result in mind. And as we dug in, there is a lot more here that we have to dive into and unpack and we learned new information. And we have to roll this rock into the next quarter. This is not just a single quarter rock. This might take two or three quarters and that's okay. But make sure if you're coming with a rock with is that is red or yellow, that you have those data points saying why and then what your next steps are. An example and of that is my rock last quarter was yellow red because it was supposed to be for designing the new office that we were going to be moving into. Well, COVID happened and our construction was delayed. So there were some things that were just kind of out of my hands and it was delayed. And so that's why the rock didn't end up getting accomplished until this quarter. So that's just one example. It's okay to say that your rock is red or your goal is red. In fact, you're doing yourself a disservice if your rock is actually red, but you're calling it green and pretending that no problems exist or that you don't need help with it. There's an ex excellent example of this um, with Alan Mulally from Ford. I don't remember what book it's in. Charlotte, do you remember? It's in Offsite. Or Offsite. Insight? <laughs> right. I thought that was like, what a coincidence. Insight. Insight. I said that was so much and I was like, yes, this is the answer. No, it's an insight by Tasha Yurik. Which is a really good book and I recommend reading it. But there's a super good example that like when the stakes are really high and everything counted and people weren't being honest and things weren't going well. Um, and yeah, anyways, read it. Read Insight. You guys talk about insights so much, and I still have not read it. <laughs> so, so good. You have to read it. I was going to say, don't be like Paige, then. <laughs> Just kidding. Read Reading it. other things. <laughs> this may or may not be the excerpt that I actually scanned and sent to specific people within the company and said, like, we need more of this. Because it's a really good thing to be able to be vulnerable enough to say, like, hey, my area of the business or my area focus for the team, like my project isn't going well. You don't know what you have to solve for unless you raise the red flag. And if you don't raise the red flag, you're just gonna continue to kind of wallow in your mess that maybe you've created. Because if you have helped it already with the resources and people that you have, what makes you think that you're gonna be able to solve it on your own with the same resources and 
people or whatever it is that you have now. You have to bring in new minds and new ideas to tackle that problem. And I usually share some key takeaways of my rock at the end of the quarter um, in those presentation slides like we kind of talked about. And I just kind of go through my process, what was able to get completed, what I'm still maybe working on, and it kind of gives the team a better idea of my status right now and if it's going to be red, yellow, and green. So I really recommend doing rock debriefs. Um, if it's your first offsite, you might not have that actually right now, but this is something that we recommend to add on once you do your first one and into the next quarter. Did we talk about timing at all? Like, I wanted to mention that we typically like to do these meetings within the first, like either the last week of the current quarter or the first week of um, the quarter that you're doing the planning for. Otherwise, if you wait too long, then you're already like a few weeks in and you really want to give yourself enough time to be working towards these goals and planning towards these goals. We've had to do some like two or three weeks in and then we're like, oh crap, well, now we're already like a third of the way through, so we have even less time and we just identified our goals. So um, I wasn't sure if we mentioned that, but I just wanted to get that in there, if not. I also want to recommend that the best thing that we've done is having these on the calendar almost a year in advance because our calendars fill up really quickly. It's, you know, vacation time or other meetings and such. So taking an entire day does, you know, take some notice. So we've built out almost entire year's calendars for these. So if you do it every quarter, that's four times a year. So having that on the calendar ahead of time is a good tip. I'm literally writing down right now that we need to get these on the calendar for the next quarter and the one after because I was like, oh, shoot, like we haven't done that yet. We had them on the calendar for a while and they fell off. So I need to, I'm going to go do that. Oh, was that Rosie or was that Pablo? No, not Rosie. That was Pablo. He's really being a troublemaker today. <laughs> That's why I'm on mute. The three are like playing in the hallway behind me, like barking and going at each other. <laughs> we might not have mentioned we're working from home because of COVID and we are recording from home. So if you do hear dogs or something in the background, that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. And I'm sure most of you guys are going through the similar thing. So forgive us. We have some barking every once in a while. So we're human. We, we do have a mic. We were planning on being super legit and we are, we are excited to record in person when we can. Well, maybe with that, we should start talking about the next part of the agenda, which is reviewing the quarter. This is my favorite part. So this is where we actually break out the whiteboard and or whatever you have, your giant notepad, whatever. So the coffee shop that we go to has this huge, um, it's actually like a blackboard with like the highlighter markers on it. Really crappy. Really crappy. Marker. The markers never work. It's frustrating every single time, <laughs> but we still go there and I love it. It's um, for the muffins. We go for the muffins. <laughs> Yeah, we go for the blueberry muffins and like the lattes and smoothies and whatnot. It's the best part. Just kidding. No, we go to get shit done. But so that's why we're called wine and whiteboards. We actually do all this on a whiteboard or a blackboard, whatever. And um, we'll write up two sections, what worked and what didn't work for the entire quarter. So we have these two sections and then we just start throwing things up at the board. I would say that it's super important to have 
this where everyone can see it. I feel like we've had some teams try and like document this on a computer or like something like that. And it's just not the same if everyone can't see like the, the huge list of things. Like it's so impactful when you see, wow, like we've really done all of this this quarter and that's awesome. It makes you feel really good to see everything you've accomplished and what went really well. Then you have this list of like, I don't know, I wouldn't call them failures, but just things that didn't work. Then it, I mean, it also kind of feels good because those are all the things that you tried and now you know they didn't work for next time. So this is my favorite part of the offsite. I love doing what worked and what didn't work. I was gonna say, Katie, I would call them failures. Like as painful <laughs> as it is, you have to proudly and openly share what you tried and what failed. Um, I saw an interview with Sarah Blakely and she's the founder of Spanx, right? So she said that growing up, her dad made them come to the dinner table with a failure each day. And he was so excited when they had one. And later on, she realized he was just trying retraining her brain on how to keep trying even when something didn't work and how to not be afraid of failure. And I think as adults, we get to this point where we're afraid of failures, and especially when your job and your income relies on it. So you have to not be afraid to admit that something you tried didn't work, but at least you tried it. And now you know. So one, Sarah, you have to take a drink because we caught you with your transition. And number two, that I'm out of my drink. Oh, I kind of want to drop the glass right now, but I think that would be a bad idea. That would be a bad idea. And then Just number two, Sarah Blakely is a billionaire. So I'm pretty sure that was a pretty good activity that her dad implemented. And it probably taught her a few things that led to her success. I really like to see them as failures because at the end of the day, I learned something. So if it's a failure, then I see it as more of a negative thing versus if it's like a learning lesson, then I kind of think it more positive. I don't know. That's my my perspective of it. But I do like writing down everything. And it's not just about your rocks. It could be anything from the quarter. If it's the website went down and we didn't have a backup plan or there's an email campaign that had super high activity that we didn't expect. There's just a lot of different things that you might want to highlight. And it does get kind of fun for us to be able to be like, oh my God, that was this quarter. Like it feels so long ago that we did this. So that's probably, I mean, that's really what the review of the quarter is. That's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, like Katie said, this is her favorite part just because you get to dive into everything and see and reflect on what you did the past quarter. The next step is your rock setting. So diving into what do you have to get done in the next 90 days to make progress towards your annual goals? So some people call them goals. Some people might call them projects. We call them rocks. And we want to make sure that our rocks are SMART goals. They need to be very specific. They need to be measurable, attainable, realistic, and also timely. So we throw up at the board. We do take a look at what we had thrown up on the whiteboard in terms of what worked and what didn't for the past quarter and say, are there things here that we need to address? And are they the most important things that we need to do in the next 90 days? Or from our debrief, are there rocks that we need to roll over into the next quarter? We've had it a few times where rocks will be like a two quarter rock just because it's like part one, part two, you know, you can't really get it all done in the 90 days. Or there were circumstances that came up, like we mentioned of, it was red at the end of this quarter, but we'll be able to finish it the next quarter. So we do roll those over. I know a bunch of us have had that. And Charlotte did say that a lot of things that are in the what didn't work, 
sometimes end up being your rocks for the next quarter because it addresses a need or a challenge that we kind of are all having. And it's something for you to kind of highlight and make sure like, oh, maybe we should have a solution for that. And it could be a rock. Essentially, I think the best way to break it down is saying, what are your annual goals that the company is expecting from you? And breaking that down into like bite-sized pieces for each quarter and saying, what, like, what does this look like? If our number, if our sales numbers are low, how many demos is marketing responsible for each quarter to hit that sales goal? If we need more inbound leads, what do we need to change on our website to hit to hit that number and you really just start breaking it down step by step to get to those rocks that you can that are attainable and that you can actually tackle within that 90 day span. Our best practice tends to be to have one to two rocks per person per quarter. Um, it kind of depends on the size. Some are bigger and meatier than others. So like Paige said, sometimes it carries over or you have to break it down into smaller chunks. And then at a certain point, you have to identify who's actually going to be responsible for that rock. So just because that person is assigned the rock and responsible for it doesn't mean they have to be the one to complete it. Typically, we're all supported by each other on some of our rocks. So for example, when I have a big event coming up, Paige typically supports all my design needs for that upcoming event. But it is my job to make sure we get we have everything we need and we can get it over the finish line. Um, the other thing you can do is sometimes you have to hire someone to help you do it and you're the person that has to manage the rock. So I've had a data rock for I don't know how long now. I'm kind of over it. But this is the first quarter where I finally found someone else who was able to help me manage it and help me find contacts for it. So it's been super nice to not have to do this all myself. In my instance, the rocks are not always things that I know I'm going to have to be working on within the next 30 to 90 days, because I know, for example, in the next quarter, I have a couple of clients that are going to go live and I know that I need to train them. And that's kind of just part of the flow of things that I have to do. So that's not even part of my rock. That's just a normal task that I do day to day. So I'm working on more things that are going to make training overall better for our team, our clients and myself. So it's even just stretching that out and making just the overall experience better and not the actual tasks that I'm working on. When we first started setting our rocks, like it was a really painful process. And I know Sarah and Paige in particular can speak to this, but we would exhaust all options we would go through the voting process and kind of say like, okay, what are the things we should be doing? Because at the end of the day, there's always going to be a million things that you could be doing, but what are the top one or two that each person can do to focus on? And it was painful. It was really hard to down. And I think we've gotten to a point now where we've gotten, this is kind of like a, it's an exercise. So the more you do this, the stronger your muscle gets and the easier it is to know what your rocks should be. Like it becomes second nature. Like, oh yeah, that is clearly the most important thing that we need to focus on and that should be a rock. I think that's where some of our tears came from because we would almost like make ourselves a like make a decision essentially. And we were kind of like sitting there for an hour just diving into it and we're like, oh, are we done yet? Like, it's just such a long day, but we've definitely gotten better and you will get better as you do offsites. You'll write down all of your things that don't work and you'll get more honest as you go. And then you'll kind of be able to be like, oh, this is probably the rock and it'll just kind of come to you. I know we've been able to almost do this entire section in like 
20 minutes sometimes because it just is like very clear cut and that will take time, but you will get there. And we've been doing this for three years. So that's just something to note too. I guess I also wanted to mention too, is we say we want them to be SMART goals, but you can also have this as like more of a high level uh, goal or rock at the end of it. And then once you're at the office or not, sorry, once you leave the offsite and you're at your office, you can kind of go down and break into those different roles and come back to the team with what your action items are because you might not know when you're leaving the day. So sometimes it's very, what's an example? Um, my, my one that we recently did is that we're moving offices. So I kind of have to figure out a plan of how we're going to move to the new office and have the designs for all that. So I have to break that out now into these different actionable items that the team can kind of get behind. And then I know if it's green at the end of the quarter. I think that's a good point, Paige, and probably brings us into our post work and what we do after the meeting. So one of the most important things is for the note taker to share the notes from the offsite. It's preferable if this person sends them out right away or within a day when everything is still fresh. And again, Paige is our excellent note taker and typically she'll send them out before I've even checked my email after the meeting, which is super nice because I don't have to be like, what was I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How do I get this? Um, the next step is to develop those actionable next steps for your rock, which is what Paige is talking about. The goal here is to get your rock set up with the SMART criteria. And sometimes that may just mean creating milestones that help you accomplish your rock over the next 30 to 90 days. Typically, Charlotte will challenge us to come up with those in a, within a week of our offsite so that we can break it down. And those are the big things that you need to get done in order to stay on track and get your rock done. Um, it's also important to communicate a strategy to the team in your next reoccurring team meeting. So we call those our level 10s. And if you don't have a weekly team meeting, that's probably something that you need to set up. Those help keep us on track. Without those, we would be like, yep, I'm green, good to go. And then three months later, I don't know what would happen, but I'd be like, I don't know, I got nothing done and I have nothing to show for it. And it would really be, for me, it would be a disaster. Probably not for Paige, who's very task oriented, but I would just be like, well. <laughs> I totally agree. And it, it helps you when you have to talk about it every single week, it helps you realize when you are struggling. Like if you're like, I don't know what to update my team on this week, probably a red flag that you might need a little bit of help. And I feel like having a measurable goal or maybe not having a measurable goal, but like how to measure something is something that we're still working on. We've definitely gotten to the end of a quarter and been like, eh, I guess maybe we didn't like benchmark this one out that great. Or like I realized halfway through this quarter that this is really hard to measure. So we're, we're not professionals. Like we're still working through this stuff too. Well, and it's okay to take a step back as you go through the quarter and say like, well, wait a minute, is this actually accomplishing what we need it to? Because a really good example is one of our, like basically my rock all the time, nonstop every quarter, is the number of sales demos we get. And one of the things we realized is that, well, the number of demos is actually a lagging indicator. So we won't know if we hit our sales goals until later on. So we said, well, what are the leading indicators that we can start looking at and reporting on to give us kind of a um, a earlier view of whether we're going to be able to hit that goal or not? 
So instead of saying, okay, we're going to report on the number of demos that we scheduled or had, we're going to report on the number of new contacts that we put in the database. We're going to report on the number of um, new opportunities added to the pipeline because those are those leading indicators that will ultimately get us to more demos scheduled. So it's okay to adjust and pivot and say, what do we need to like? What do we need to change? And afraid to do that. I think we should definitely do another episode on how we do our level tens because it's kind of like a part one, part two. Um, but it is that after offsite thing that is recommended uh, definitely on a weekly basis because it's it's a way for you to raise the concerns, ask for help, and give like a status update. And you'll have that for the entire quarter. So it's definitely something your team can kind of help you build on because sometimes you do need to collaborate with others when you're stuck. And time just gets away from you, right? Even like nowadays, I feel like we don't even know what day it actually is with this whole COVID and everybody's working remotely and it's just weird now. So having this weekly touch base and check in with everybody helps us keep in line with where we're moving forward and making sure that we're on progress and there's no issues or anything. We also recommend it doing it at the beginning of the week. We do it on Mondays um, ourselves, just because then the week isn't already almost done and then you have the weekend, you kind of forget your action items sometimes over weekends. So Mondays have typically helped us in the past or I guess currently. I will say one of the biggest mistakes I've made with rocks is not asking for help soon enough. Apparently I'm supposed to drink, but I drank all my wine, so I lose <laughs> the game. <laughs> um, but did I win the game? Just kidding. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> it's definitely making sure <laughs> you ask for help because I think that's a mistake I've made. And sometimes it's hard to admit you need help. Um, and and just even accepting help. Like when someone offers to do something, I'm pretty good at just being like, that's okay, I've got it or I'll do it. But then like weeks will go by and I still haven't done it yet. And I realize that I should have accepted the help that was offered to me when it was offered. Cause typically it puts you in a much worse spot when you delay and prolong it and think you can do it all by yourself. Did anyone have anything else to add before we wrap up or are we ready for the key takeaways? Go for it, Katie. All right, so our key takeaways from this episode is to put in the prep ahead of time to ensure that you're setting up the day for success and you can have a good discussion. Then also get out of the office. New views, new perspective, new ideas. That's super important. I think that there have been some times when um, departments have tried to do them in the office and we've heard that they just aren't as successful. So. I feel like that's my big hitter here. Like get out of the office. It will definitely, definitely help you. Then the more you do it, the better you get at goal setting. Your first few times might be challenging and exhausting, but you'll get better at it. And don't forget to celebrate after a long focused day that is dedicated to making the team better and each person better as individuals. Make sure you do something fun with the team to unwind and de-stress. We like to go grab drinks and get some sushi. Then the last one is schedule ahead of time your meetings for the upcoming year so that everyone can get together and you can guarantee everyone can be there. Having all your team members together is super, super important. Of course, there's going to be those situations like, well, I'm probably going to be on maternity leave for the next one. So things happen, but try to get everyone there and get it on the calendar um, far in advance. That's what we've learned. 
So even if you don't get it perfect the first time, hopefully this has set you up with a framework that you can at least start to take and adapt and make your own to at least get your team out of the office to start having some critical discussions around what your goals are and how you break it down and how everybody contributes to those so that at the end of the year, everybody has been able to accomplish their goals and feel successful. We also also have a template or like a slide deck we can share and kind of the general overview on how to set up your actual offsite framework. That can be a good starting point. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. And until next time, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. For show notes, links, templates, and other resources, visit our Instagram page at Wine and Whiteboards Podcast. And while you're there, follow us to get more hacks and occasional wine-themed humor. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would take a minute to leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you can continue listening to our marketing tips and design tips. Cheers! Cheers.